Fill her up. You're listening to the Gas Digital Network. We're live. We're live. We're live. We're live, baby. We're live. Yo, I was about to get real mad if we weren't live. I needed the juice. <laughs> I, need I needed the, the juice. juice of feeling live. You the know what I mean? Boy needs like the it juice. Yo, thank you, yeah, everybody. So for sorry for the technical difficulties, everybody. Hopefully we're live and you're hearing this. Yeah, go figure. We heard you, folks. We heard you. Sorry again for the delay here, but we heard you. You, said you guys demanded. You were in our DMs. You were on the, the tweeters. You were doing the Instagrams. You said you guys got to do the lives. The lives are better. So my boy, Slick Mick the Ruler, the CEO of the RNC, yeah. the master of punks, the yeah. tamer of sages, standing six foot three, 200 pounds, and every one of them is a problem. You took the drive all the way back from Naples, Florida at one o'clock in the morning last night after the Super Bowl yep. to do... Your rehab this morning at 7 PT, o'clock in the morning. It's called PT. Rehab insinuates that I might have a problem. So you did your outpatient rehab this morning at 7 <laughs> it, o'clock? It was, I think, well, yeah. No, just it was PT. It was PT. Just I don't have a meth problem, bro. Just Stop to be live. You are the people's champ. And if you did yeah, have a I'm meth here. problem, they love you so much. And they thank you so much ah, for making this effort. Slender, you know, on their behalf. Is that what it nothing. is? Is that what it is? I don't know, man. I Never get to try it. I, it. Me and Chris Farley, probably the only two guys that ever had a coke addiction and got fatter from it. I, I bet you if I did meth, I'd be 400 pounds. <laughs> I don't know. It would just it would just give me the energy to stay up and keep eating. And that guy's voice is G to the E <laughs> to the R-A-R-D. Boy, you crazy to the G to the E to the R-A-D-R. I like it. Yeah. Thicky Smalls, Gerard Michaels Thicky in the Smalls. house. Slick and thick is back. Thicky Smalls and Mickey Gall, the millionaire, the mansion, the yacht. The two weed spots, the crock pot. Yeah, hot I got glocks. seven mac and cheeses. Stop about trying to get eight eight a <laughs> It was two hot glocks. Why are you giving me a crack pot? I got seven mac and cheeses. About eight Kool Aid grapes. Nine pies. Ten. That's, that's a tough one. Uh, that's, that's a tough that's one. A tough rhyme. Ten biscottis. I don't yeah. know. Speaking Whatever. of biscotti, yeah, we're fucking live, bro. Shout out to Fred Tay Tay, your whole family. What an amazing spread, a uh, first class spread they put together for the Super Bowl. Some bocce. And how about? The cry, eagles cry. Yeah. Throwing cry. it away. Throwing it away. Man, it kind of felt like a victory. I it's gotta I, say, as a Giants fan, it kind of felt like after a ten years of Giants My losses, man. I might almost enjoy watching Philly lose more than it's I like nice. the Giants win. Yeah. That was the only thing I liked about the whole thing. By the way, I hated everything else about the Super Bowl. I was grumpy old man the whole way through. Didn't yeah, like. You were, bro. Didn't like anything about it. It was. It was so. Poorly produced the whole way. Th- First of all, the thing was what eight hours. What yeah, time? What time like the that. game started? Two. We got out of there one. Yeah. I mean, and, and and the one that put me over the edge was the Apple commercial. Halfway through the Super Bowl, it goes. The wait is almost over. The wait is almost over. Rihanna's. Co- I, 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 we're all I, here said, for Rihanna. I said, turn it off. Turn it off. And then Rihanna comes out, looking eight months deep into yeah. in, into you know into popping out another uh, cum trophy. And uh, is this ASAPs or what? Is I this, hope so. Is this ASAP Deuce? I bet, I bet so. What's I don't know, man. I, no one even knew she was pregnant, right? What's with the lip sync? Why would you lip sync? Well, I think they've tried and they've, there's been fucked up in this when they've done actual live performances, you know? So I think they just are like, you know what? Let's just make it a good show. 
Like, let's just make sure of it. And have a pregnant woman waddle around while she gets dry humped by 40 guys. I mean, the intention was to make it a good show. But uh, yeah, it don't always, don't always work out like that, you know? Oof. Hey, listen. All right. I don't want to be a hater. But Gerard I hates pregnant But I women. hated it. <laughs> I don't, don't want to be, be a hater. hater. Hated it from the Black National Anthem, which, by the way, guys, can we admit that that was uh, maybe a bit of an overcorrection, bit of a misstep, you know? Can we can we not can we not have seventeen different cultural, you know, national anthems by Super Bowl sixty? We're gonna have to start this thing at midnight the night before, and the Ukraine national anthem, and the Spanish national anthem, and the Indigenous national anthem, and the LGBTQ plus national anthem. That's next year. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So I mean, guys, one nation. All right, this whole separate but equal thing was it's a tried. Fucking football game. It's a war game. It's so a, just yeah. Have some fun. It, it's a football game for everybody who hates football. The Super Bowl to me is the female version of Ghostbusters. Every year it gets worse and worse, yeah. and it's just like they they they. It's like the, so the 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 Super Bowl is when everyone watches football who do, doesn't watch football. Yeah, and they try to serve everybody, and by trying to serve everybody, they fulfill nobody. Uh. Women were bored. Men who watch football all the time were like, this is trash. Men who don't watch football all the time aren't, even if they were cheering Yo. for the inclusivity, they're not watching football so, next year. Look, I'm going to actually talk a little football. So Jalen Hurts, yeah. who gets benched while he's in college in the middle of the national championship game. For Tua. For Tua, sure, sure. Um, I'd take Hurts over Tua any day. Yeah, it looks like it. You know what I mean? But, like, the the – just the fact that he didn't get kept down. Yeah. You know what I mean? He he kept, he, he you know, it was persevered. all. He persevered. The perseverance of him to get benched, keep his head high, be a good teammate. Mm -hmm. Then next year he's, he's benched. He goes to a different school, gets drafted. And now. Second you know, round. Second round. Yeah. Like he could have been, he should have been a first rounder with the way he's playing. Sure. And he, he's a stud. And now it's coming from a Giant fan. Yep. Who wants nothing good for the Eagles or Cowboys ever. Yeah. But, yo, you got to put some respect on his name. Respect to Jalen Hurts. Yeah. You know and what I'm then, saying? He then that is what we in the industry call a pivot, and that was well done. That's like Mick Ruler with a pivot right there. Yeah, I was tired of the <laughs> – <laughs> But, again – I was like, Gerard's going to rail for a half here hour we go. on this Here we go. Yeah, yeah, but Jalen Hurts – but, again, like, okay – now, now, here I'll take I'll take the negative Nancy side of that. Oh, go figure. <laughs> really? <laughs> when you're a second round draft pick, it's basically a cheat code. If you can play, if you can play a little bit, if you're a second round draft pick quarterback, it's a cheat code because you're getting paid such little money that everybody around you can get more. Yeah, and you're getting you're yeah. getting surrounded by beasts. Which is again, I I used to talk about this um, with Eli Manning back in the day when every time he was up for a new contract, he reset the entire quarterback market. All right, and it, it, I, I just didn't understand why. It's like, Eli, you're making $100 million in Dunkin' Donuts commercials. Like, take a little yeah. less money under the salary cap. I would never tell anybody to take less money. Right. But take less money under the salary sure. cap, surround yourself with a stud-wide receiver, get yourself a left tackle, and go win another ring. That's going to be worth way more to you. To me, you know, try like it's kind of a Daniel Jones thing right now. Like, Daniel Jones could go get 40-plus million in the open market. Absolutely. Yeah. There's 11 teams that he can go get you know, bidding for. But that means that are you going to be able to pay Andrew Thomas? Are you going to be able to pay the, the, the right tackle? And then are you going to have any defense at all? And does, after this Super Bowl, does defense even matter? Do you just have to go all in on one side of the ball, which this is what seems like the NFL is doing, all in on offense and just outscore? Just Here whatever. comes another little Mickey pivot. <laughs> one more time. 
Ooh, that PT's working. Pivot. You couldn't have done that a month ago. I know. Shit, I would have been out. <laughs> All right, but uh, here's another Mickey pivot. So uh, Trump said the Mickey Rihanna, pivot. The Rihanna uh, halftime show was garbage. And Joe Rogan said Volk won that fight. And then the next day, I wonder if that sways the opinions more than, you know what I mean? Then are are people thinking this? And then they see it and they're like, oh, this means means it's true. Like this validates it or or does everyone share this opinion? But I think a little bit of of the former. You know what I mean? I I think people are very influenced. influenced. Trump talked shit about Rihanna before. She even stepped on stage, which is right. just trash because she did the whole fuck Trump thing. And, I, and and that's why Trump's, you know, Trump's Trump's trash, bro. Like there's, you know, again, and you, we can talk about things he did that I liked with foreign policy and certain things. But like at the end of the day, he people is, would think people would think you like Trump. I yeah, which is great, which it just goes to show they, they want you in one camp or the other. You don't like him because he's very divisive, divisive. No, like there's, polarizing. Things that, there's things that he did. He's not presidential. Okay. And, you know, it's been a long time since we've had somebody that was presidential. Um, I, I do think he exposed a lot of the warts in our system. And I think that that was very good. But he didn't have the wherewithal to then cure those those ailments. He was just like, ha, ah, I, I told you. I told you this right. is corrupt. Right, you could identify the issue, but yes. then couldn't solve it. Very Bernie Sandersy. Very Bernie, like a Bernie Sanders, you know, one, one of the guys I considered. You know, but you like his foreign policy. Trump. I thought he, he well, because he understands. He understands them. He does business abroad. All, he understands them. He knows he, again, when really smart people do really dumb things over and over again, you have to make one of two decisions. You have to either say, wow, they're not as smart as I thought they were, or, or they're, they're doing this dumb shit on purpose. And what Trump exposed is that our, whether you want to call it a deep state or the globalists or whatever you want to call it, they are doing these things on purpose. They're, they're using these places for endless warfare to make billions and billions of dollars. They're, they're using things like the Paris Accord and the WHO to, to funnel huge amounts of What's money. What's the Paris Accord? Paris Accord is a climate... Uh, it, it's a climate? climate accord, the Paris Climate Accord, and it's this idea that everybody... Uh, Got to do with weather? Yeah, it's very hard for me to surmise without going into like a whole Gerard episode here. But it's it's a it's a non government organization that governments, you activists, non government organizations. I do. I, I I hate NGOs. NGOs are are probably the greatest threat to the individual autonomy in the world today, for sure. Okay, uh, that's really really super rich and powerful people across the globe deciding to use their power and influence to govern as opposed to actually having to run for office and use the democratic process and be beholden to a citizen. Like, us plebeians have no say over what the World Economic Forum or the World Health Organization or, or any of these, you know, really super hyper-powerful NGOs say. Mm. They, they're, they're run as companies. We have no more say over them. We actually have less say than we would over Apple or somebody where we can e- at least buy shares of it and go to a shareholders meeting and talk to these people. Right. These guys are just multi-billionaires who get in a room and say, this is the way the world should be, and let's use our power and influence to buy the elections and buy cabinets and make the world in our image. Mm. And that's kind of what they're doing. And what the Paris Accord is, this agreement between nations, I'm, I'm really going to get killed if 
by my, you know, every time I, I miss Don't something. Don't worry, no one knows what it is, so. It's no, okay. but then the, then the people on the left, they love, like, being like, oh, this guy's so full of shit. And they'll take, like, one thing I said semantically right. incorrect and, like, use it as, like, they're, like, fact checkers. They're real-life Facebook fact checkers, right? Where you're like, these people over here, uh, you know, are, are covering up the. The, the chemical spill in, o- in Ohio. And it's like, well, there, nobody's covering up the chemical spill. And really, the, do we know that they're people? It's like, you know, we're going to determine it's false until we can determine that these are people and not AI. It's bullshit. So anyway, Paris Accord, long story short, it's basically Agenda 2030. All these countries get together and they say, we're going to be zero emissions by 2030. And this is how much money we're going to put into investing into green and renewable energy, blah, 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 blah. And it's just a giant slush fund. They take taxpayer money, and they take billions of it, put it into these the Paris Accord. They're just like the Ukraine. There's never any accounting, never any audit on what the money goes. And then what we saw with FTX was, well, a lot of that money was funneling back to the Democratic Party. Crazy. Yeah. Crazy. To, uh, to the Ukraine and then to the Democratic Crazy. Party. Crazy, right? yeah. It's 50, 50, 50 million going from Sam Bankman-Fried. Crazy, huh? So sixty billion goes this way, fifty million goes that way, and then who get who knows what happens in between? Trump took us out of the Paris Accord. Trump took us out of the WHO. He took us out of these NGOs. He told no, NATO, "You got to pay your bills," and that that was the moment. That was the moment when the entire world, the globalists, and unfortunately with the help of the CIA, probably uh, were like, "All right, this guy's got to go." Yeah, they and that's why they kept in lockdown so that we couldn't vote for him. Probably. Yeah, and at, at the very at the very least, they well we they they allowed people to vote for him, but then they um, knew exactly how many votes they had to uh, find. Right, right, right. You know what I mean? Right, right. A lot of, whole lot of mail-in votes. Don't forget, you know, Trump is the very first president uh, to get more votes in his re-election campaign than his election campaign and lose. Mm. And you know, Joe Biden, who you don't know a single person happy. Who's the best? possible presidential candidate in your eyes would be the best at running this bitch uh i think DeSantis would do a, do a good job yeah, uh i think thomas massey uh I don't, I don't know who that is would do a good job but he, the problem is is that like Who's he's thomas a bad massey? thomas massey is is a very good congressman um where, From where, where is massey from is he nebraska is he Nebraska Massey? Um, he was one of the very first people stood up against Trump, and and he's a Republican as well. And he stood up against Trump and was like, "This Operation Warp Speed is not what we want. You don't want to like rush Republicans medications." More than Democrats, I think currently there's there's definitely half of the Republican Party are globalists the same way the Democratic Party is. I don't I don't see outside of. There's no real moderates left in the Democratic Are Party. Are globalists and like NGOs kind of intertwined? 100% intertwined. Okay. 100%. And really that that becomes my problem with the modern Democratic Party is they really don't give a shit about the citizen. They they'll use a black guy, they'll use a black face and like as a they'll take the pain of a black guy getting beat to death and run that as interference and a uh Trojan horse for their policies i mean it's it's the greatest con of our the two greatest cons of our life so far are uh college education greatest con of all time um getting people to sign up for their own slavery it's insane getting people to you know become their own indentured servant is is one of the greatest cons of all time and the second greatest con is the idea 
that social justice reform is done through big government. You know, how do we get here, G? What would our founding fathers be thinking right now? They'd be rolling in their graves. How do, Jalen Hurts is what Jalen Hurts is wondering how we got here right now. With the, with their, what do you mean? We were having a happy little Monday, and now we're we're into social justice. But just Bro, to, it's just like inevitable with you. I, think. <laughs> I don't think it, I think it's like we might as well just fucking get it out of the way. Might as well. Just you I, you were having such a great day, bro. <laughs> you were having such a great day. I wasn't. <laughs> Yeah, and then I come in here for you guys, for G to ruin my fucking. <laughs> so what? Are, tell me, tell me, where are they? Are they spinning in the graves in their tights and wigs? Or oh, what? for sure. They, uh, oh, for sure. For they, sure. They didn't want this, right? No. Matter of fact, they they literally sacrificed their entire life to fight this sort of globalism. You know, they they believed in in the individual and localism, right? Right. And um, just to complete that, the previous thought about what I'm talking about, you know, this is the whole thing where Colin Kaepernick, like, lost me almost immediately. Because there were some things Colin Kaepernick said where when he first said them, I'm like, the guy's got a point. You know, I may not I may not like what he's doing. What I didn't like about Kaepernick in the beginning was he's being clearly... He was black, and that's true. Well, he's Mexican mostly and raised by a white family, but that's not here or there. Is that true? Yes. Uh, affluent white family also, which is... All communism comes from affluence. It's it's a it's a rich kid's uh, vanity, right? You know, Che Guevara, sons of doctors, rich kid, Mao, rich kid. It's 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 communism is attractive to guilty rich kids and hyper hyper poor people that don't have any other options. And they the hyper and the guilty rich kids get the poor people to turn on the middle class. That's that's kind of the way it always goes. Um, see, that's your real enemy. He's got more than you. He's the wealthy. Well, aren't you the wealthy? No, no, I'm the, I'm the good guy. That's that's the bad guy. That's the good guy, right? Like AOC, tax the rich. Aren't you the rich? Bitch, you rich as hell. Aren't yeah. you the rich? No, no, no. The billionaires. Those are the bad guys. Would yeah, you know? those guys. Yeah. But anyway, the where where like Kaepernick lost me was um, you know, when when he started, you know, doing the whole communist thing, socialist thing. He was, you know, pro-Fidel Castro. And I'm sitting here going, so you're anti-police brutality, but pro-government. What, what do you think the police is, brother? Yeah. It, wasn't, it wasn't an Apple employee that was out there kneeling on somebody. It, it, wasn't, it wasn't the owner of a footlocker who was out there beating anybody up in the streets. It's the government. Mm. So the whole time, everybody's marching, and it's like, all right, we need police reform. And I'm like, okay, I'm listening. And how do we get that? By giving the government more power and money. Say what now? That's the government. You understand the police are the government. You, un- you Do you not understand that? Yeah. They, so so these people are, are, are they, they're, they're very confused. And I think, you know, where the right and, and my people, the libertarians, really fuck up is in messaging. Because immediately what we want to do is be like, you idiots don't understand. And then that's not how you convert anybody. Where there should be a, hey, you're so close. You're halfway there. You're so close. We do need reform. But the reform is the government. The government's the problem. Right? Like, that's the problem. And the problem, if the government's the problem, giving the government more power and more money is not how you solve the problem. Right? If, if you have a cancer... Making the cancer more powerful is not how you cure the cancer. Yeah. So, you know, you want to talk about the, the founding fathers. I mean, do you understand? You talked about the guys being in, in uh, wigs and tights, right? Yeah. 
it's funny that like that's how we think of them. You know, sure. we, we think of them as like these these li- these 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 little these little you know poofs. Yeah. yeah these goofballs in their wigs prancing about. Yeah. Dude, these were rolled up in capris. These were the baddest motherfuckers to ever walk planet Earth. Founding fathers, baddest motherfuckers. Baddest motherfuckers to ever walk planet Earth. Why do you say that? Well, you got to understand what what the stakes were, brother. Like the British Empire was the the it was everything. The British Empire took over the world. Right. Like it owned everything. It owned shipping. You couldn't do business like the word fuck fornication under consent of the king. Like you needed the king's consent to bang away, bro. Like right. they you know, they told it would it would be no different than America today. It would be no different than Florida going, "You know what, America? We're good. We got this. Take your taxes, shove it." You know how many people were like there's this idea when we talk about revolution and then we teach the history of this in America that like everybody was on board. Everybody knew that royalty was bad. Like this form of government had not been tried in 2000 years, Mickey. We did not have democracy in any form, representative what was it or other. 2000 years ago. What, what was the democracy 2000? The, the Roman prior? Republic? Okay. Which Caesar ended? Right. So it was pre-Julius Caesar. Julius Caesar ended democracy for in, a, in for, for, for all intents and purposes. Two thousand years. Look, you could say that there were tribal leaders and that there was forms of democracy and that you know Germanic, uh, you know, there was representative government for these Germanic tribals and you know, fine. We can get into the nuance of it, but for all intents and purposes, in the, in the world, right? Because Asia had the Han Dynasty and, and that was they they were. You know, mon- what would it be? Uh, monar- monarchical? How would you consider monarchs? Yeah, right. Yeah, I don't know. But a representative government of the people had not been really done at any sort of scale for two thousand years. So we came over here and we said, "Fuck the taxes." Two thousand years. Fuck, fuck the taxes. Fuck the yeah. You know, the but that's also fuck the protection from the king. Fuck sure. having fuck having the the, the army. And when the French want to come at your door, don't don't fucking come crying so to me. When, when did we? Uh, when did we like those guys like land? So they landed over here in what? Like that was like fourteen ninety two under, but that was under Columbus like, sailed the ocean blue. That was, that was uh, he Italy sailed for the Spa- Spaniards. I thought he was Italian, he was an Italian and he did so. I think you're right, the Spaniards. But then the uh, uh, Queen Isabel. You might be right, actually. Yeah. Yeah, and then. Uh, so like the guys like Ben Franklin, George Washington, those guys, those are all British pe- British yeah. dudes. Like, and then they're over here, and then around seventeen seventy six, colonists. Some of them were born in, in the colonies, signed. but they're British colonists. Okay, British yeah. colonists, and they signed. So they lived like their whole lives here. A lot Washington, of them, yeah. Washington served in the British Army. No, he was a general. Yeah, yeah, in the French and Indian War. The French and Indian War is really what started everything. Okay, well, that was really where you know the crown. Yeah. That was really where the crown was like, hey. Hey, I don't need your fucking borders. What do I need Maine for? Right, they you don't know. care about Pennsylvania. Or yeah, Maine like or what? Why you guys keep trying to go west? What the fuck's up, Maine? Yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't care about furs. You trappers want to go out there and make some money. All I care about is, uh, you give know, me my peace. So give me some tobacco. Give, give me, some me fucking... give me tobacco, sugar, and uh, and shut up. You know, yeah. and uh, and pay your. Your, so your if I'm gonna be yeah, and if I'm gonna be if if the crown is gonna be paying you know to solidify these colon the, the borders of these colonists, you guys got to pony up. Right. Now now the the king should have went about it in, in a better way. 
But the king was the king. He's like, shut he's up and pay. He was a dick about it. He's like, shut up and pay. And yeah, if you don't, maybe a nicer guy about it. Maybe they. Yeah. Would, and if you're not willing to pay, I'll just take it. Okay. Right. So then, 1776, they're fed up. Yep. You sign the Declaration of Independence, which is like basically making yourself a marked man. That's like it. Like you're like you're basically on the hit squad now. Like they're coming for you. So that's what makes John Hancock so badass. So like the idea of throw your John Hancock on there. Yeah, and you were saying a lot of people were silently like, "Yeah, yo, I'm with you, I'm with you," but they're so not many. signing the Declaration. John Hancock's like, whoosh, he's like putting his shit right all 100%. up out there. Like you see me. Yep. Yeah, come come and get it. I mean, dude, just think about it on a on a on a one one millionth percent scale. Look look at what happened with the COVID mandates and lockdowns. How many people would you talk to and they'd be like, Yeah, these mandates are bullshit. But yeah. then as soon as they walk outside, mask goes on and then, you know, they're not willing to stand up. They'll sure. they'll tell you, Hey, I support you. You go ahead. You Okay, you, so all those guys who signed it, bona fide bad motherfuckers. Bad. And then and they had something to lose. And that's seventeen. And John Hancock wrote that shit as big as he possibly could. If John Hancock could have wrote a dick on that fucking thing, he would have done it. He wrote cock. <laughs> but uh so so they signed it and then uh that's seventeen seventy six. Four years later, there is when so then guerrilla war proceeds. Yep. We're popping around. the The British soldiers are marching, and we're just like gacking them out in the fields. We're like sneak attacking, fucking them up, kind of. And then uh, well, eventually, uh, they're like kind of like how Vietnam and Afghanistan. They're like, "Fuck this! Isn't worth that's it." That's it. Yeah, they're like, that's "Fuck it. this! This isn't worth it. Yep. Let's let these little fucking colonists have their own little thing." That's it. For so now. so there's this idea that we whooped the British ass. Yeah, we did not. Right. We outlasted them. Outlasted them. We had a couple victories. We had a couple big wins, you know, that really pissed some people off. Right, like like we could have nuked Vietnam. But yes, and they could and, and they, they could have nuked us. They could have sent the full force of their army at any time and said, all right, enough's enough. They could have went door to door, but they were trying to like, you know, because remember, these are people's cousins. These are people's family. Right, right, you know right. what I mean? These are, you know, th- there's... Th- th- they were the biggest trading partners in the world. It was a family feud. Right. You know, so... So then when we got it, yeah. when we finally got the power, who who are some of the guys at the top? George Washington, obviously. He didn't oh, yeah. want to be president. For sure. John, Ma- John Adams, Sam John Adams. Adams. Sam Adams, the yeah. beer guy? Sam Adams, the beer guy. All right. He's, he's the, he, was, he was the tea in the harbor. Sam Adams was Billy Badass. Sam, I wonder Sam, if that's how he came up with his recipe. <laughs> Sam, like dumping dumping the tea. Yeah. Uh, hmm. Even that, like, imagine the balls of those guys. They got all drunk one night, dressed up as Native Americans, snuck onto military ships, and dumped all the fucking tea in the harbor. Yeah, and they got out of there. Yeah, like, just imagine that. Imagine that. Like, what would what would that be today? Imagine you know coming out of here like, uh, I, I, like, what would it be? I what, could, I don't know. Like sneaking into Fort Dix and like as as uh, you know as like a bunch of Ukrainians and driving out of here with tanks. Like, hey, I got an order here for the Ukraine. Biden says I need these tanks. I need tanks right now. It's good. All right, you can have the tanks. And then you know the tanks end up in like you know Biscayne Bay or some shit. Like, right. You know, uh, it, it it people there. We do such a shitty job of contextualizing how badass these people were. These and then, people and now were they, they hate on them nowadays. They're, they get hated on, if anything, instead of, like, celebrating. And then once they got the power and got away from the British uh, crown, they were they could have yeah. easily been... George Washington could have been king. They, they wanted they, him to be king. They offered it to him. They were like, yo, be our king. And he's yeah. like, nah. Like, yeah. let's... Like, nah. Because, like, this because, is, let's all... Sh- let's share this fucking thing and let's live free. Yeah, he's like, right? the, he's like the last great moderate, man. Like, because they, they started with this Republicans and Democrats shit almost immediately. It wasn't, the, it wasn't Republicans or Democrats, but they started with this... Big government versus no government stuff almost immediately, you know. And, 
again, we weren't supposed to be, that's the other thing. We weren't supposed to be like one country that had one set of rules. We were supposed to be like every state was its own country. And we just agreed that we were all speaking so the that's, same language. That's interesting. Every state was its own country. So like that the was United the idea. So, so the okay, United so it wasn't, States of America right, was we, a like federation each one, of states. So each one kind of would have their own government and control, and we'd you know work Vir- together. And the Virginia Commonwealth, like yeah, why does every state have its own Congress? It has its own Senate. It has its own governor. Like it's it's every state is set up like the United States government. You know, we were never supposed to have one federal government. We were never supposed to do it. It, it, that and, was against the founding fathers. Yes. And the idea, the mm. only way a lot of states would even sign in is by, they said, look, if this if this deal ever goes bad, we need to be able to get out. And they're like, yeah, get out, whatever. Right. Well. The Civil War. <laughs> yeah, 80 years later, now you can't leave. So we had so we had 80, 80-ish good years? 70-ish. 70-ish. And no, we didn't. That's not true. Because, you know, the British... Didn't like. They didn't forget. They didn't forget. They didn't forget that little uh, no. succession. Yeah, and and it was always thought of as these ungrateful plebs. You ungrateful plebs after all yeah. we did for you. There was always this like, you know, so home of the brave, baby. Yeah, Come you ungr- it. Yeah, it was like I Come got you, I got you grateful right here, yeah. King. How much I got you, yeah. King, right here. Yeah, and they did this great thing, and they started this country, and then, uh, you know, th- there was this. Idea started it super self selflessly. Super gave it selflessly. Back. I, I like that that part of it too. Well, that's you know I mean, thing, like that Nick. needs to be remembered. They like, could have they could have been the kings and the queens, right? And they did it. The guys who, who who wrote their name on the paper, put their dicks on the table, they balls gave on the, the line. Matter of fact, what's hilarious is that the one founding father who's getting a, a PR makeover is Alexander Hamilton. At Hamilton, right. you know, and, and, and he's being seen as like this, again, because he was a kind of the closest we had to a socialist back then. And he's mm-hmm. like, you know what we need? A central bank. Because we risked everything, and we should get the And he's return. getting good publicity. Yes. He did... Did he sh- shoot and kill uh, Burr? Oh, the rule. The other Burr way, killed him? Burr killed him. They had a duel. A fucking These duel. These two high-powered... Could you imagine the vice president, and what was he, a senator or a congressman or a uh, governor? He was governor of New York at one point. Is that right, Hamilton. Ben? Is that right? Uh, Burr and Hamilton. Burr, their, Burr was positions? definitely vice president. Burr was vice president. One hundred percent. Hamilton might have been the governor. I'm pretty of New sure York. he was governor of New York. But his big thing was he wanted to start a central bank. He was like the first guy that was like, "We need a." And Fed was Reserve. Burr against that? Was that what the a lot of duel guys were. was over? Actually, I what believe, was the duel about? I think the duel. I fucking love a duel. I could be wrong, but I think the duel was over Hamilton like stooping people's wives. Oh, it was. Uh, it and they're was, get, That's the was, guy getting the good pup. He was cucking guys. He was cucking up. He was out here. He was out here doing cucking up. Yeah. Well, knock if you buck, cuck. <laughs> <laughs> he, well, he knocked. He knocked. He knocked, and he but got again, bucked. We think of these guys as pansies. He got bucked. He died. Yeah. He got shot in a duel by the right. vice president. And now, what you're supposed to do in duels is you're supposed to a duel is supposed to be like uh, we take our our paces and we uh-huh. both shoot when we turn around we shoot over each other's head. And we both co- are supposed to come back from it. This is like this is like pot. Like that's that's uh, that's if, a gentleman. If, if, it's, if it's agreed upon beforehand, that's a gentlemanly. Like most most duels are like that. It's like we're gonna duel and we're gonna you know we're gonna lay it on the line, but kinda on yeah. the, on the wink wink. You call me out on a duel, I ain't shooting over your head, bro. <laughs> no. Yeah, I feel you. I always thought a duel was to the death. What's up, man? So um, I'm looking up, and it said the duel was of. 
the rivalry between the two men. Both had high-profile politician post-colonial America. In the duel, Burr fatally shot Hamilton in the abdomen while Hamilton fired into a tree branch right above Burr's head. Yeah, yeah. Big government, big government Al fucked around and found out. Yeah. But again, we think of these guys like pansies. Did he say what it was over? He's tight wearing. This is this is wig this is good energy pansies. Ben. Good energy Ben is who you're hearing now. I don't think you, you've ever heard Slick and Thick's ever heard him before. Yeah. He's our boy Omri. And I love how people like love to say our politics are more divided now than ever. Yeah. When AOC's out there challenging people to duels, we can start talking. <laughs> like, yeah. When they out there taking ten well, paces. I, I like the badassery of it. They I were like bad. It. It's like they were men badass. are being men. They were men are being men. Ass. You know what I mean? People yeah. are, are standing by their morals, their convictions and beliefs and are, you know, backing it up and are, are doing something about it. Yep. You know? And yep. I, I respect that. And th- there were arguments about slavery right from the beginning. So critical race theory is a big topic and nobody really knows what it is because they don't take the time to understand it. And I barely understand what it is. Or I, I, I've tried to. So but. critical race theory is they're painting it as history, but it's not. Critical race theory is opinion on history, and it's very, very important to delineate those two facts. Critical race theory comes from critical theory, which comes from the Frankfurt School. And the Frankfurt School was basically a bunch of intellectuals sitting around in, in Europe going, all right, we believe that you know the socialist revolution, they were Marxists, how do we bring on this, this proletariat revolution? And what they understood was, you can't have revolution in a time where people are prospering. You have to you have to make people hard to go to war when you're sleeping in satin sheets. Exactly. Nobody nobody is open to revolutionary. You're comfortable. Ideas. Even like here, we got Netflix and uh, you know what I mean. Yeah. Queen size bed and you're good. You got some you, pussy, some food, some beer. As long as you make the as long as you make the prison comfortable enough, nobody will nobody will look for the door, right? So. What they decided is that there are certain veins, there are certain cracks in the foundation of every nation, in the foundation of every, uh, you know, group, let's say. And in Europe, it was class. It was class structure, right? Uh, It wasn't race. There really wasn't the concept of race in Europe, very homogeneous societies. And what was easy, though, is that there was an aristocracy for hundreds of years, and that no matter how smart you were, no matter how strong you were, no matter how how hardworking you were, if you were born into the wrong family, what you, could do, what you could do in this world it's was capped. capped. Completely capped. There was right. 100% a ceiling. So class warfare... Oh, and just for the young youngins, when we say capped, we mean like capacity? <laughs> Not like no cap. capping? Yeah, we ain't yeah. capping. We ain't capping. Yeah. So it was, uh, yeah, you, you maxed out. Um, so, right. so the plight of the proletariat, there, there's, you know, and that was an easy sell for a lot of people. Now in America, we didn't have that. And there was so much upward mobility and it's such a, a fervent middle class that communism, whenever it tried to take a hold here in America, they, they kind of sounded like a bunch of whiny bitches. It was just like, bro, go to work, go to work. Yeah. You can, you'll be fine here. Go to work. Like, mm-hmm. I don't give a shit. I don't care that he's got a billion dollars. If I can get a million, what the hell? I'm not counting. I'm not spending my time counting that guy's money. Then they tried gender, and kind of again, nobody really gave a shit because, you know, anybody who's this been is when no one, when did no one give a shit because we're talking you're talking about critical race theory here. Yeah, this has okay. been going on really since since the civil rights movement. Critical race theory is an offshoot of critical but theory. It, I feel like critical it's something theory that I've heard, is hundreds of years old. I feel like critical race theory is something I've heard about in the past, like. 
three years. Yeah, because socialism is having another rebirth. Critical race theory. Socialism is like communism. Socialism is the economic engine behind communism. Okay. Yeah. And, but for all intents and purposes, they're, they're the same thing. For all intents and purposes. Uh, and critical well, race... Communism's th- bad, okay? Communism is unequivocally right? bad. And I have no problem Why? saying communism is bad. Okay. Why? Very simple. For people that please, don't know. Please, please, thank yeah. goodness. S- simple. <laughs> if... I'm not going to sit here and say capitalism's perfect. It's not. Okay. But if you like the New York Knicks, okay. all right, and you don't like the Brooklyn Nets, should you be forced to wear a Brooklyn Nets jersey? No. No. So your voice is in your spending ability. Your voice is in your power. Okay? I don't like uh, the, the labor practices of Nike. I don't have to wear the LeBron James, right? In communism, you don't have that consumer choice. There's no consumer choice. Okay? okay? You are told, this is what your money, you get like coupons for your money, basically. Right? There's not 15 types of soap, and you chose which one's best for you. There's soap. Okay. And that soap maker gets that gets that contract from the government to make soap. Okay. It's centralized out instead of market in. Right. You can't opt out of communism. There is no opting out. Think about every communist country that's now, is, ever existed. Is, is optim- is, uh, Hold on real quick, Mick. Think of every communist country that's ever existed. Well, I got a quick question on that Do they first. build walls to keep people out? I, do, I don't in? fucking know. No, they build walls to keep well, people like in. like the Great Wall of China? No, that was to keep the Mongols out, but they weren't communists back then. I'm talking like the Berlin Wall. I'm talking okay. like communist nations can't... You're, you are... If you are born in a communist nation... You are, are com- my question... Because when you're talking about with the SOPA shit, are, sure. co- are communist uh, nations typically corrupt? Because couldn't wouldn't someone be able to be like, hey, my brother makes soap. So his we all go to his soap. Yes. Someone in charge. They are. But all nations are corrupt. That's their – the communist argument it's is – no more than – No more than capitalist, right. which I all say right, – you can get back to your fucking dialogue. No, but to, dialogue. Which, to, but to which I say – it would be a monologue. But to which I yeah. say – Dialogue and monologue. <laughs> if you have a choice – you can always choose to opt out. Like, you can opt out of capitalism tomorrow. Tomorrow. There's nothing that's saying you have to buy anything that's consumer-based. There's nothing, there's nothing stopping you from moving out to the Midwest, you know, getting onto a commune, planting your own seeds. Nothing, right? One of the first things Stalin did was go after the kulaks, the farmers, because the farmers outside the city were like, this communism stuff's stupid. And they just started going back to bartering with one another. I'll give you two tomatoes for that fucking chair over there. Done. But they dug communism back then for the, a little bit. Who's they? Um, well, Time Magazine. Time Magazine dug communism. Did you know that Hitler and Stalin were Time Magazine Men of the Year back to back? I did know that. Two of like people who are now regarded as, and for years have been regarded as, total pieces of shit. Well, they're genocidal. You pull that, you pull that up, uh, Ben? Genocidal maniacs. Isn't that great? Who's in charge of time those two years? <laughs> well, this is... That's an interesting thought. The, the powers that be, the elites, always want to give themselves credit. They're control freaks. Okay. They, they can't... They're un, have you ever been like around somebody that has to control their environment? Like they're constantly cleaning something or like it's just like, calm down, watch the game. Like, right. Those people get in control of government, and they're constantly trying to 
make everything more efficient or they, you know, they, they need to control their environment. And by controlling their environment, that means they have to control you. Sure. Right? And then there's another section of people that the second you want to control me, I'll never let you do it. You got to kill me. I'll literally never let you do it. No matter right. if you're right or wrong. It's just you don't have that control over me. I control my life. Yeah. Right? And so when these great organizers, so this idea of the nation state, the free society, capitalism, fascism, communism, people have to understand these ideas are 120 years old. That's it. In the history of humanity, in the hundreds of thousands of years of humanity, our evolution, and the 10,000 years How of old our- is capitalism? 200 years old. Okay. The industrial so they're both revolution. around the same age. Like, it's they're, not that far dude, off. Dude, these are brand new concepts. And before that was what? Like, like monarch, mon- monarchical? Yeah. Empires. I know we couldn't come up with that word. Yeah, yeah. empirical. Empires. Yeah. Top-down dictatorships, tyrannical governments. Yeah, one monkey comes, uh, gets on top of all the other monkeys. Tells monkey what to do. monkeys, yeah. yeah. Tells you what to do. For thousands of years. Mm-hmm. Monkey says this is bad, gets nailed to big trees. Yeah. You know? Yeah. <laughs> you know, th- there's... Big, big Bank has always beat Little Bank for forever. This is a... They even called it the great experiment in democracy. Ben Franklin, our great experiment in democracy. A democracy, mm-hmm. if you can keep it. Who was that? Was that Thomas Jefferson? A republic. I'm sorry, not a democracy. A republic, if you can keep it. They uh-huh. knew that this was going to be under assault by the elites. They knew it. They knew it. They knew it. They knew it. What did What did Washington say when he was leaving office? Guys, please. I'm begging. Stay out of foreign affairs. No foreign entanglements. What's going on with... uh, And no political parties. I am fucking begging you. And we got two of them. And we got... I mean, how many uh, foreign entanglements? (laughs) Five minutes later. Yeah, fuck. (laughs) That lasted fucking, what, 60 years? 70 years? Yeah, maybe. And I bet you the founding fathers would have been like, bro, let let the South leave. What the fuck? Right, so you're leave. saying that that's that's uh I would say an unpo or at least a unique opinion. I don't know if it's unpopular, but it's very especially like where we grew up, we're like, yeah, the fucking north. Yeah, we won that shit. For sure. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, what's up, South? What's popping? You know, yeah. you all want to do it again? What's happening? Y'all run it back? Oh, the South will rise again. <laughs> Whatever you ready, dog. Oh, yeah. But really, you think uh based on how everyone's supposed to be kind of individual countries, if yeah. they wanted the separation, they should have been allowed to do so. I see it both ways. I see, I understand what Lincoln did, and I understand why preserving the... Lincoln's taking a beating nowadays. Yeah, taking a... Well, this is the... To D- didn't Disney just do something where they were shitting on Lincoln? Yeah, just, so to go back to the critical race theory, why it's become so popular, you asked, is because specifically my theory on it is, is that those founding fathers that we had are the number one threat to these globalist communists that Ooh. want to... Tell everybody to eat bugs and shut the fuck up. Ooh. Uh, because and these, control you. Yeah, because... And lock you down. Well, think about what they did, bro. Make you get an injection. What happened? What happened? What happened after the, the American Revolution? French Revolution. The French people were like, hey, we want some of that sweet, sweet freedom. And then after the French Revolution, you know, it, it started a domino effect across the world that kept going all the way into the mid-20th century when, when India got out of the British Empire. And, like... There, it started a 200-year peasant revolt globally, essentially, that yeah. might have, you know, concluded with, you know, the Cultural Revolution in China and, and Vietnam. I mean, th- all these things are tied together. All these things are tied together, man. 
I mean, the, the, these things are not isolated incidents. The American Revolution really started this idea of the governments by the people for the people. Okay. Which so did that, that sparked camps. a lot of other revolutions? Yes. The American Revolution. Yes. Were some trendsetters. 100%. Matter of fact, uh, Napoleon, I believe on his deathbed, or at least an Elba, Ben, if you can bring this up, he lamented, they wanted me to be another Washington. They, they wanted me to be another Washington. Yeah. Who's they? The, the French. French. Yeah. So the French Revolution. And he wasn't? The French Revolution was much, but no, he was. And he wasn't short, right? Uh, he was like maybe average He was height? like five seven, five eight, which was pretty average for the time. That was real British propaganda. It was propaganda. Yeah, though, was like British. all this short little. Oh, this little Napoleon think he could do something to us. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. That sounded pretty French, though. Bro. I thought <laughs> I was British. I should propaganda. be British. Ah, oh, shit. Oh, this, uh, this, this fucking Napoleon. Well, uh, that's kind of cockney. That's, that's the only I don't one think I can Parliament do. was speaking like that. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, uh, in this tiny Napoleon thinks he can do something about this. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, Robespierre. Maxim Robespierre. Madame Guillotine. Maxim Robespierre was like a writer, and again, a, a far left. He was what's called the Jacobins, far left version. So the American Revolution was pro- was led by libertarians before we knew what libertarians were. And the French Revolution was led by socialists before we really knew what socialists were, Jacobins. So uh, kind of a very different revolution. Yeah, a but, very different party. But this is what's interesting about the socialist and the libertarian. Their worldview is remarkably similar. They see the inadequacies of elitist government exactly the same. And we just diverge on solutions. So like somebody like Bernie Sanders and Ron Paul, they see everything wrong with government and they agree with each other on what's wrong, even though they're on complete opposite ends of the political spectrum. They have different they, solutions? That different, the, the solutions they offer are are the, uh, the devil in the details, for sure. Okay. You know, and... To, to the untrained person, the libertarian seems like an anarchist. The libertarian solution is do nothing. And and for people that are control do freaks... Do nothing? Do nothing. What do you mean? Do nothing. Like have no government? Do nothing. For who? Who does nothing? Slavery. Should have done nothing. That sounds insane. What does that mean? That's That sounds insane, right? Like wh- wh- how, do you, how do you sit there and let people be enslaved? Slavery was on the way out. Slavery was so expensive... What ends slavery isn't warfare. It's innovation. The cotton gin ended slavery. Greed ended slavery. Now, this is a really tough thing for people to hear. and This is a very un- unpopular opinion, but you don't need to feed a cotton gin. A cotton gin doesn't have kids. You don't have to clothe a cotton gin. You don't have to give the cotton gin shelter. The cotton gin is far superior of machinery than a human being. Cotton gin doesn't get sick. Cotton gin doesn't get tired. All right. I get your point. So slavery was going away. Okay. It was too expensive. The reason the North was able to beat the living shit out of the South, really with one arm tied behind their back, the North wasn't even really trying that hard in the beginning of the Civil War, to be honest. The reason the North was able to beat the hell out of them is because they were so much wealthier. They were industrialized. The North was industrialized. They had trains. They had... You know, and that that was kind of like the South's point was like, hey, you guys have a lot to say about what we do down here. You guys are making all this money. Why don't you give some money down here? You know, why right. don't we do some of this? And they were fighting over over slavery because it was it was morally repugnant. And so the people 
in the North tried to use their leverage and their wealth to be like, we will give you the money and we will help you build, get rid of slavery. And the South was like, it's an institution, blah, blah, blah. We're already poor. You're going to make us more poor. And they wanted out. But really, they just wanted out. They just didn't want it. They, they didn't feel like one nation. Virginians felt like Virginia. Like Robert E. Lee and was. And that's how, as it was meant to be. It, Everyone in, was supposed to come In their out. mind. In the four founding fathers' mind. Correct. In many of the founding fathers. Now, John Adams and the, what, what were known as like the Federalists, those guys thought it should be one country. But the Democrat, what were known as the Democratic Republicans, they were like Thomas Jefferson and those guys. They were like, no, like Virginia should do what Virginia does. And if you don't like it, leave Virginia. In their mind, that was the right way to go because it's very hard to leave a continent. It's very easy to leave a state. Sure. If you like the way New York does things, go live in New York. Go live in New York, yeah. Easy peasy, lemon squeezy. Right? But if you don't like the way America does things, I got to go to hell. I got to go to all the way over to Europe, take all my assets. All right, so change my money. Tell tell me, uh, <coughs> all right, we got to make sure how many of these topics did we actually close off? Oh, it's none of them. All, can we go to the comments like, real quick? Is there any comments that we can that we can get on to? this? I know we, there were some early comments I wanted to hit, but uh, <coughs> I love this shit. By the way, thanks for these are great questions, Mick. I, I can go off on this crap all day long. And also for the record, yeah, for the haters out there, I'm not pro slavery. I'm not. I don't. I can't believe I have yeah, to I say that. Yeah, I would hang out with this fucking kid if he was. Yeah, as, as as Mickey Gall told you guys in the last episode. All right, the UFC is rigged, and racism is never okay. Dude, that's <laughs> such a contradiction. <laughs> <laughs> fucking idiot. But yeah, I think you know we do such a shit job of teaching this stuff, and this has such a direct impact on where we are in our life right now today. Um. I almost feel sometimes like they teach history poorly on purpose to make people disinterested in it. Yeah, history is very, is very interesting. I love history. But, yeah, it's not always very palatable. Yeah. At least the way it's, like, formally taught. It's like watching tape, man. It's like watching tape. It's yeah. watching tape on humanity. Like, you watch a tape on an opponent, mm-hmm. you pick up tendencies. You read history, it's like watching tape. It's like, you know, oh, government's going to do this. Guarantee you we ain't getting this right back. How'd you know that? Well... It's yeah. been done 18 times before. Yeah, it's been proven. Yeah. It's been tried. Yeah. These type of people that seek that type of power Here, ready? have so a certain personality type. This might be another little pivot, but uh, it's, it's a going back to pivot. So after we got our freedom in like, mm-hmm. eight, in like 1780, four years after the declaration was signed, yep. we had about – so the, the, the British were still fucking with us, though. Oh, yeah. Right? Going up and down the coast, pirating shit, kidnapping people. Just, really? just so if you're out in a boat, like you might get fucked up by a British, bro. You might get kidnapped and put into drafted into the British Navy to go fight pirates and the French and the Spanish for ten years. It's almost like a ten year slavery bid. One hundred percent. Wow. This is when when people. This is I used to do a joke about this and it never landed. I got to figure out a way to make this funny for people. But I was like, there is no such thing as white privilege. There's British privilege. The Brits did everything. It's the Brits. And it, it's a remarkable to me that the only two people, the only two white people that are, like, allowed on TV anymore are the Vikings and British. They were the worst yeah. of all. They were the worst colonizers of anybody. Like, right. what's the, the British were the worst. And this idea of, like, white privilege, if you were Irish, you were getting raped by Britain for a thousand years before the New World ever existed. And now you have to sit here and admit your privilege. It's like, what the fuck? It's British. 
let's get the Brits to pony up some cash, man. Right. It wasn't. If you, it, I will give you a thousand. Ben, I will give you a thousand dollars right now if you can name me one Irish colony. Name me one Irish colony, and I will give you a thousand dollars. I'm Irish, but I have not. I don't know any of them, man. <laughs> I don't know what? any of them. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Ben Castro is Irish. Isn't that wild? Nice. Uh, Nice. No, well, a, you gotta be a half ski. Huh? I'm half. Yeah. I'm half Colombian, half Irish. Yeah, right. so, so there, there's our first one. Your mom colonized your dad. Good for you. <laughs> <laughs> Good on you. Good on you. That you would think that would go the other way. An Irish guy would get a Colombian woman. That's what I dream. Ah, that's what I dream way. of. I dream of that. That's what you dream of. Oh, yeah. I dream of that. Your big Irish ass. Oh, for like for her Colombian big Colombian Mama ass. Cita. Mamacita. Señorita. Yeah. Tite me pregunta. <laughs> what do you all think right, about so all this? What What are your thoughts on all of this? Like, what do you What are your thoughts? Do you think this is like important? Do you think this is dumb? Do you think this? I is think it's important to remember to well, one to know our history, two to remember it, and I think kind of to honor it in a way. Mm. You know what? Like, if if that's what we like believe in, like the, those tenets of the founding fathers and stuff, that yeah. that. I think they're they're kind of being dragged through the mud nowadays, and I think that like like you said, those are some of the baddest motherfuckers ever. Do you see like that those as are bold men who who did stuff for the greater good, not for selfish reasons, to make you know the um, the ideal America what it was, you know? Do you see them getting dragged through the mud as purposeful? Um, I didn't I didn't really think of the agenda so much. You know what I mean? Like, I, I think about it, but I, I, I thought maybe, ah, things were different back then. They could, you know, this or that. But, um, I mean, I didn't think about the global elites purposely slandering them. You know, that's obviously a Gerard take. Well, it's not. We, well, actually, uh, one of the reasons I love the UFC, guys like Jake Shields, uh, Dariush, uh, really smart guys, they, they, they're very open about this as well, but Think about it, right? Like, why would when I say the global elites, like China, is pumping? I mean, this is not a conspiracy. This is a fact. China pumps billions, with a B, of dollars, into both our media and our education system, to make sure that their worldview is promoted. These mics are popping a lot, huh? Are they a little crumbly? When I talk, I think this one is. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'll move away a little bit. All right. Uh, but they they pump billions of dollars into our into our information systems, our colleges, our to education. To misinform? No, to, to direct. This is, this is really what critical theory is. It's information with a direction. It's not just, hey, slavery happened. It's slavery happened, these are the good guys, these are the bad guys, and this is why the bad guys owe the children of the good guys. That's it. That's the difference. It's an angels and demons thing. It's a good guy, bad guy worldview. As opposed to information-based, it's opinion-based. That's a very, very, very big difference. And the fact that they're lying about what it is shows you why you shouldn't trust any of them. The, the, my big issue with every communist I meet, with every socialist I meet is... How many communists you meet? Well, I used to, when I was in political circles, I met a lot. Yeah. And there's a lot of people who are closeted socialists, who only admit they're socialists around other socialists, you know? They're... Cause the, and that's kind of my point. If this worldview is so noble and every other worldview is so evil, why do you constantly need to lie about it? Why does it need a rebrand every 10 years? Oh, this isn't communism. This is democratic socialism. 
Okay. This isn't communism. This is stakeholder do, capitalism. I think I've said this before, but I do feel like they've, they or we have like forgotten about communism a little bit. Like that was such a, a fear years ago, mm-hmm. you know? Like I guess in the wake of Hitler and Stalin and stuff like that. Yeah. Who again were times men of the year. Yeah. Because it was good before it was bad. It was good. Communism, fascism are always good in the beginning. Because you get rid of, because they kill people, take their resources. And they get those, rid of, like, poverty. Spread those, poverty. By spreading those resources around, right? Yeah. You know, so, like, let's say that a, a new Hitler took over America and killed Bill Gates and all the other billionaires that opposed him, and he had a trillion dollars worth of money. Ganked their shit. Yeah. So what, this is what Caesar did. What made Caesar so popular is that he, he, he seized lands from old senators that opposed him, his political opponents gave that money and land to the peasants that supported him. Mm-hmm. So that, you know, if I can, if I could take 10 billionaires, take all their money and give it, you know, give $50,000 to 5,000 impoverished people. Well, I'm pissed off 10 people and maybe they're 30 family members. Mm-hmm. And I just got 5,000 fervent allies and sure. all their family members. What's 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 the play? Yeah. Now, that lasts for about ten years, and then you run out of billionaires. Mm-hmm. And then what? There you go. Then now I'm the rich guy, and the next guy up says, "Well, this guy's the Fuck rich him. guy." The reason why you're poor is because this guy got greedy. Mm-hmm. It's that Trotsky. It's that evil that Trotsky. They eat their young. Revolution eats its young. Yeah. Margaret Thatcher had the best quote ever: "The problem with socialism is that eventually you run out of other people's money." Hmm. Right, you have to have an innovative society. There has to be incentive to innovate. Capitalism. If there has to be incentive to innovate. You want to end slavery? Well, you got two options. The government starts a war and tries to kill people. Says no, this is bad. Stop. Or some guy drinks a couple Miller High Lifes and invents a cotton gin. Makes slavery irrelevant. Completely irrelevant. Right? Like, innovation is the way. I believe in the market. I believe in greed. Like, I okay. trust the greedy more than I trust the crazy. Does that make sense? Is that... Because greed is more predictable? Absolutely. Absolutely. I trust the greedy more than I trust the crazy. Okay. If someone is, like, a religious uh, fervent, you know, or, like, an AOC, I'll never trust her. Because she has this, like, religious fervor for her worldview. But Which somebody, is more akin to craziness? That's crazy. Okay. That's crazy, right? Like, you can see her, like, Karl Marx wrote in Capital, the last capitalist we hang will be the one we sold, the one that sold us the rope. So don't tell me this is a peaceful worldview. <laughs> right. It's not. The bio, their Bible says the last capitalist we hang will be the one that sold us the rope. So, Yeah. I would rather a business guy who understands incentive and disincentive be in charge than somebody who adheres to, to that world. Uh, I'm a Mickey pivot back to uh, some American history. So and we got to get comments to, at some point here, Ben. We went to, to uh, so we got 1780. Um, George, George Washington's in charge. Uh-huh. What? What? I'm sorry, I just got distracted by some, some Boca babes out here. Yeah, I don't know. I've been seeing a lot of puppy dogs, but uh, it's a little distracting for my ADD <laughs> here. But um, 
So the War of eighteen twelve, mm-hmm. that was between us and the Brits again. Yeah. yeah. So Brit- we had a we had like a, a rematch. Oh, the Brits were the Brits were itching for it. Yeah, we had the Monroe Doctrine, and, and so we went about forty years from seventeen eighty thirty, and they were like they were they were fucking with us a little bit. They were fucking with us the whole time. And then, and then full on war broke out in eighteen twelve. Yeah, finally America had enough. And I, I forget if it was Monroe or Madison. I think it was Madison. The Monroe Doctrine basically said that all of North America and South America are the waters are America's to police. And Britain was like, oh yeah, with what army and with what navy, right? Like, you know. So then they they started you know they started flexing. They were like, cool law you got there. Let's see if you can enforce it. And eventually, you know, America was like, all right, we'll, we'll fight back. And then Britain just kicked the shit out of us. In 1812. Kicked the shit out. They burnt the White House to the ground. A lot of okay. people don't know that. In 1812. Burnt the right White House to the ground. Captured the flag, beat the shit out of us. Uh, our was the president? Our star-spangled banner, uh, he got out just in time, and it's very famous. And you don't remember which one that was? I think it's Madison because the famous... The famous uh, thing is Dolly Madison, badass little Dolly Madison. Who's that, a girl? The daughter? Dod- no, it's his wife, but she was much younger. Running back into the burning White House to get the original painting of George Washington and mm. save it. Wow. You know, because she, she you know. Was honoring she, her she, re- she revered him that much. She ran into a burning building to save that, that painting, which is still on display at the White House today. Um if I remember that correctly, I, I'm sure I got that wrong too. But the uh, <coughs> hope but you're not getting all this shit wrong, G. You're gonna really <laughs> make me look bad. <laughs> but you haven't already. The, the Star Spangled Banner, our national anthem, people think comes from the Revolution. It does not. It comes from Francis Scott Key, uh, and occupied either Maryland or or uh, what's next to Maryland and Virginia there. Um, Where's uh where's the naval? I think it's, it was Mar- in I Baltimore. Think it's Baltimore, right? Baltimore, Baltimore yep, Harbor. You got it. You got it. Yeah, and uh, he was he was there to negotiate a hostage exchange, correct? And he wrote the Star Spangled Banner, which has uh which has two more verses that nobody knows, because uh, they're dumb and long. But yeah, that's that's where that comes from. And and Britain would have would have taken us back over. They would have kicked the shit out of us if not for Napoleon. So Napoleon helped us out then. Oh, was this I, in the middle of the French Revolution? Uh, after the French Revolution, so the French Revolution again ate its young. When when was the French Revolution? When did that pop off? Uh, you got to you, know? you pull that up. That's the beginning of the the nineteenth century, if I remember correctly. Which and, means and the eighteen hundreds. Yeah, it was the end. Like, it's confusing. <laughs> the twentieth century yeah. is not the two thousands. It's the nineteen hundreds. French Revolutionary War was seventeen ninety two to eighteen o two. Yeah. Okay, so years. they were ten years after in the wake. Yeah, of that. but they there was basically two revolutions that came together into one. The first one was they got rid of the king, and then they started killing everybody, all and the aristocrats. It was Napoleon kind of the la, high command. La Madame Say, Guillotine. answer my questions and don't do fucking French impressions do you know what, sometimes. Do you know what La Madame Guillotine no. is? La Madame Guillotine? Yes. I know two of those words. What, what is it? Like, it's like Lady Guillotine. That's right. And they would just drag these aristocrats into the streets and off with their head. It became an absolute murder spree. It was a mur- It was a 10-year murder spree. Why is it Lady Guillotine? La Madame Guillotine. They were like... You know, get in line or else. And the crazy thing is, the guy Robespierre, who started all this, ended up the basically the end of his revolution was him getting his head cut off. 
Oh, shit. Yeah. Eating their young again. Yes. And Napoleon was a brilliant politician, and he was obviously part of the French king's guards. He was a general. He was, at the time, a lieutenant, if I remember correctly, but he was an aristocrat himself. But he played he played it perfectly. He, he acted like he was politician. part of the people. Yeah. And then once he saw that this thing was turning and that the people were kind of losing control, he's like... After a while, watching people get their head cut off every day, the people were like, "You know what? I don't care I'll what good. I don't care what government it is. We need some government. Right. This is getting crazy." So, who's in charge of cutting everybody's heads off? Well, it went back and forth. The Jacobins were were they got real bloodthirsty, okay, as communists do. Um, and then Napoleon comes in, takes over, and says, "I will give you the safety and security that you need, and all I require is to be your emperor." And he did. And then what he did was really brilliant. And he said, you know how he stopped the French from fighting each other? No. He went into other countries. Is that when he came over here and helped uh, us with the British? No, he never came over and helped us with the British. I thought that was how that just started. No, what he did, what, what he, no, what he did he was... He sent motherfuckers over here? No, he started taking over all of Europe. He gave us Louisiana. So we have the Louisiana Purchase. He basically gave us everything west of the Mississippi was French territory, and they had no idea h- how big it was. They had no idea how big how'd the they get it was. They claimed it. When? During the, during the, the uh, colonial expansion era. Okay. They said this is, you know. I like history. Yeah. So, so they just, learn some they shit just claimed it. They said this is ours. Right. And, you know, whether or not you could defend your border, it was yours. The Indians that were there were like, hey, this is ours. They were like, ah, we'll talk about that later. Yeah. So he sold he sold it to us to fund his wars. Okay. And he sold it to us for so cheap, thinking after he defeated Britain, he would just come over and take it back. Take anyway. it back. Yeah. Okay. So we got the Louisiana Purchase from him. That was in 1803, by the way. 1803. Okay. Yep. 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 The, the Louisiana Purchase. Ah, you guys, hey, give me a little bit of money. So did Napoleon start war with Britain? Did he, like, take their, like, attention yes. away from us? Yeah, they, they started. They kind of first. Like, First, Napoleon took over most of Eastern Europe, all right, and then started going after the colonial hotbeds in Africa that were money makers. Who for stopped Britain. Napoleon? The British. The Waterloo. British. Waterloo, yeah. Okay, so they 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 were like, all right, fuck America. Yeah, he pulled again. He pulled it's not worth attention. it. He pulled their and, attention, and they went. Okay, yeah, it's like a little misdirection. Yeah, it's a little like ah, you know, imagine you're. We got a bigger problem over here. Yeah, imagine you're fighting a fruitless war in Afghanistan for 20 years, and then somebody's like, you know, there's more money to be made in uh, the Ukraine, and then hypothetically, maybe you just go fight a proxy war in the Ukraine instead because it's more profitable than uh, Afghanistan. Not saying that would happen anywhere. Right. But, you know, very, very similar if it would happen. Okay. Yeah, he was a threat. I mean, France and England, they share a channel. They're a mile away from each other. So this guy was getting way too powerful, and, you know. Started Gotta knocking put on, up, put an end to that. Started knocking on the back door. Then, and again, we were peasants. They're like, we'll, we'll go deal with these backwater peasants later, you know. And and again, people can hate on capitalism all they want, but what these what these wars <clears throat> and what this time really showed everybody is in an industrializing world where machines were replacing labor and gas, you know, became was becoming the number one commodity, imperialism is a really, really expensive game. Why would you want why would you want to take over a country and have to, you know, first you have to, you know, subdue that 
that nation's population. Then you have to educate that nation's population. Then you have to feed that nation's population. You have to integrate that nation's population into your world. It's a very, very expensive, long, and arduous track. Now you just put in a Starbucks and a, and a Burger King, and it's like, I don't really care what happens to the people of Uganda as long as we can extract some wealth from it. As long as Delta can land, what do we care? Right? So, I mean, people could say that's callous or whatever. But to me, capitalism ended imperialism. Imperialism is a highly inefficient way of, of generating wealth. I got a question from the uh, comments over here. Um, runaway underscore slave. Runaway Slav. Slav. Oh, Slav. Slav. He's been asking us questions. Runaway I'm actually Slav looking at his question here, and I just wasn't so psyched, but you go for it. Okay. <laughs> um, question. Like, here, let's hear Gerard talk. <laughs> this is a question for Gerard. Thoughts? Um, why is the anthem even played at sporting events? All right, I'll see you guys later. <laughs> no, he makes a good point, though, Mick. I mean, I love it, but it's also like nationalism is kind of dumb uh, on many ways. Like, we're, we're sitting here talking about... I think we do it to honor the people who fucking made this country a place that we fucking live in. I'm with that. I get that. I don't... I don't th- yeah. But I'm also, sure, I'm sure you could talk about some other point of it for. No, but a I'm while, just. But, but I'm just saying, like, when they were, when those people were alive doing this, was your family even in this country? When my, I'm sorry, say that again. When those people were alive, fighting these battles to create this place, was your family even no. in this country? Neither was mine. Yeah, mine didn't come here till like almost the 1900s, late 18s or some shit so like that. So on a, on one level, but they, I, they wouldn't have had a country to come to if it wasn't for them. I that that was what I was going to say. On one level. You know, they created this place for my impoverished Irish ancestors to come and build a, a, a great life for their for their lineage. Okay, so, so that's why it's important. And so then honor gratitude. the people still fighting, whether it's misguided wars or whatever th- our opinions are. The people who are laying their life on the line and shit, we're honoring them and yep. honoring, yeah. Yep. So that's why I think, yeah, so national, th- national anthem's cool with me. So the, so the cynic in me says all nationalism is dumb, all tribalism is dumb. It's taking credit for the, uh, the victories of other people. But that part of me is very much subdued by the feeling where I agree with you. Gratitude, you know, uh, for the opportunities that we have. Gratitude and remembrance of the sacrifices it took to give us the opportunities that we have, I think, is important. And I think that especially in a sporting event where, you know. It's a war game. Yeah, but people are, are making, oh. you know, people are living out their dream in a way yeah. that... And not dying. Yes. I, I, I think... Not I think dying, nameless and unforgotten, like real heroes. Yeah, and I, I, I during the anthem, you know, before the games, if it was a big game when I was playing, it was a great moment of reflection for me, and I would think about my parents, and I would think about the sacrifices and who who sacrificed to, to give me this opportunity. It was It was a very, very great moment to center yourself and... You should be grateful to everyone in your lineage, again, like I've said, who's had to fight to keep your bloodline alive. And you should honor that the best that you, that you can as well. It should, be, it should be a kind of a point of reflection. Like, I better, I should be, I got this one life. I got to, you know, do my darndest in it to, you know, be my best self and do the best for me and everybody around me. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I think, um, I understand the, the cynical perspective on it, but I think it's outweighed. I don't. I don't understand the cynical perspective. Well, you know, you're, you're it, it's more, so the national anthem, uh, it's more towards like the idea 
what their perspective would be is like why are kids doing the Pledge of Allegiance first thing in school? They don't know what they're saying. They're pledging allegiance to a flag. It's an indoctrination thing. I get that. You know, the same thing with the national I, anthem. I, I guess I do get that, but I, I feel like it's it's they're two different things. Well, it's it's this idea of of nationalist indoctrination. You know, of of you know it, this this kind of xenophobic jingoistic idea of you know the American jingoistic unchained. I don't know what that means. <laughs> it, like like th- this dumb forced community of. You know, like we're on the same team together, but we didn't well, do anything. We any. are. I I agree with you. I'm trying to give you their perspective. We should be. I agree with you. Yeah, I don't. I think that's it's kind of sowing discord there. You know what I mean? Like that agenda, that kind of thought process. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I well, that's the uh, again. That's where it's the, the so- fucking anarchists. And well, that's where the, that's guys. where the socialist and the libertarian see eye to eye. The socialist goes, America was never great. I'm not. What am I? What am I? What am I to be grateful for? Uh, and then the the libertarian goes. Nationalism is is a stupid concept. Nobody, you know, nobody should adhere to these old laws. And again, we talked about the last podcast, the four olds with, uh, you know, with uh, the Cultural Revolution and Mao. What what he did is get rid of the old traditions, the old statues. I think that stuff's important. I agree with you. I. I and this is where I kind of diverge with a lot of my libertarian buddies. I One, I do not agree with the non-aggression principle. I think sometimes the best defense is good offense. And uh, I also think that heritage is important. I think celebrating heritage is important. I think having pride in, in, a, in your countrymen and in your nation is not a negative. I think it's a positive. I think it builds community, and I think it's, it's much more of a positive than a negative. So I agree with you. All I can do is provide you their perspective. All right. What else you got, Ben? All right. I got um, unending griminess. I want to know Gerard's thoughts on the balloons. Why the fuck do we want to Gerard? <laughs> it's the slick and thick podcast. Not the fucking thick and thick podcast. The fuck? I'll, ju- I'll, just, I'll just be out. No, man. Um, well, my thoughts on the balloons. I don't. Really no one wants to know what I think about the fucking balloons. I want to know what you think about the balloons. What do you think about? Nah, the nah, nah. I, I please, 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 guys. I want to know. Please, 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 Gerard. Can yes. we please hear from you? These. Uh, th- by the way, to my family writing in right now, I can't thank you guys enough yeah. for doing this. This is uh, this is exactly fucking Gerard stands out there. <laughs> this is exact. This is all I ever wanted. This is fucking bunch of chubby chasers out here fucking trying to. <laughs> This is enough the, of him to go around. This is the uh, this is the Frank Sinatra. Long-winded son of a bitch. This is the Frank Sinatra. <laughs> this is the Frank Sinatra moment. Hey Mick, come on! I want you to do this podcast. Hey Mick, shut up! I'm talking. Now. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, <bro. laughs> All right, go ahead. Uh, fucking something very weird, man. So I don't have enough information on it. I think it's very, very, very strange. It's very obvious they're lying to us once again. They're lying to us. And who is uh, the media? The government? Both. How many balloons have we shot down? I know about the one. Well, the, the, there's there's uh, different uh, there's different reports. There there could be four. There's one over the there's one over the eastern seaboard still flying that we let go all the way from Montana down to South Carolina. And then shot it down, but couldn't uh, yeah. get it. There's one that they could, we couldn't recover it. Right. That's what they said. Right. But then China but then China came out and they were like, "We know you have it. Give it back." Like also the balls. Uh, then there's one we shot over Lake Huron. Then there's the one in Canada. Then there's the one in Cumtown, Alaska. Cumtown. Which they said is a balloon, <laughs> but only after literally everybody who saw it was like, that's a flying saucer. 
That's not a balloon. And we so, shot that shit down too. We shot or what? that down. Which, if we can shoot down flying saucers, big win. Big win. I feel like if there's aliens out there, they're just they're letting we're people. You you were saying the other day that you think they'd be hostile and be bad, and we, I, we're uh, fucked. I think they're letting us rock out because if they can get over here and haven't decided to fuck us up, we're in pretty good shape. Do you? Yeah, I'm pretty I'm pretty optimistic when it comes to that. I think they see you know guys like me and are like, well, why would we want to get rid of him? <laughs> you know, <laughs> you better be careful, buddy. What, what no, the aliens I, fucking love me. I know that's what you better be careful about. Why? Well, They're gonna probe me. Yeah. Oh shit. You gonna be all right with being probed? Ah, I don't know. I'm a tough guy. They're gonna ask. <laughs> they're gonna ask Joe Rogan, who the most beautiful person on America <laughs> on Earth is, and you're gonna be like, Joe, no, 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 no. <laughs> they're just gonna play the video. They're gonna go, "Who is this guy? Oh, Mickey, you're so fun." <laughs> and we'll be like, "Wait, so what's the deal here? Are we all gonna get probed? No, you have to. You have to give one person to be probed. One person on Earth. I'll do to it be for probed. you guys. For all you guys. For runaway Slav. Fucking so hero. Could, could so, Mickey fight so the balloon? he was probed for our sins. See a speed bag the balloon? I don't know. I, I didn't get a... I don't, how even big is the balloon? Big balloon. Do we know? Big balloon. It's, it's big know. enough to be seen 40,000 Does it have barbs? Feet. Barbs? Like barbed wire? Or like pointy things? Otherwise, yeah, I could probably fuck up a balloon. I haven't seen a balloon I can't beat up. Well, that's fair. That's fair. I haven't seen a balloon I, I can't beat up. Could you beat up the uh, Goodyear blimp? Yeah. How would you beat up the Goodyear blimp? Knife. Oh, well, that's... It doesn't have knives. It's cheating. Okay. It's cheating. I'd, 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 like, grab it and I... Oh, okay. I'd, yeah. Uh. That's how I, like, open things. Gotcha. With my teeth, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Got that. Yeah. Heard that. <laughs> Use that what mouth. What that mouth do? Yeah, man. Uh, I, I think that, you know, again, um, going back to one of the things you said before about the idea that these people are getting shit on, I think it's very, very important. Whenever who's, who's get, who did I say is getting shit on? Our, oh, the fa- our founding, founding fathers. fathers yeah. I think for anybody listening to this, you know, when you th- there's that, you know, it's a cliche to say, think for yourselves, ask questions, think for yourself. But what does that actually mean, right? Like if you have heard your whole life that this dude is a G, and then all of a sudden you're like, this guy, Abe G Lincoln. Washington, or sure, like it, like if you've heard all life that that you know that this this founding father is an amazing human being that did incredible things. What's the beef with Abe Lincoln? Uh, well, the beef with Abe Lincoln, well, there's two different camps. There's kind of the libertarian camp, which is where they lose everybody again. They're like, this guy was a tyrant uh, who misused the press and, and forced people to stay in a union that they didn't want to stay and blah, 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 blah. And then there's the other side now, which is crazy. So the libertarians think that they should have let the South secede? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Continue. But, but the libertarian also is like, the South would have came back. They were broke. They were poor. And they would have okay. had to come back. You know? And slavery would have gone away on its own. And it, so it's it's a very right. li- liaison-faire worldview. Basically, right. it's like, don't force anybody to do anything. <clears throat> if you have to force anybody to do anything, it's a bad idea. Okay. That's, that's the libertarian worldview in a... Nutshell. So Abe Lincoln on fa- the socialist worldview in a nutshell is force people to do everything. They're dumb, and they need help. Like you know, we're all a bunch of children in the wilderness, and if uh, we're a bunch of plants that need to be fed. See, that's kind of my beef. It's like how you're just another man. Meaning what? That you know you shouldn't necessarily. I I don't need to be told. Yeah, I don't need to be told. I don't need someone. You know what I mean? Convince me. Yeah, I mean, you can tell me your your point, but you know what I mean? Like, it, it's a... Uh, the second you tell me I have to do something, and you can't tell me why, 
I'm out. Right. I'm out. You have to do this. Why? Don't ask questions. Just do it. Nope. We'll never do it. Could be the best thing for me on earth. We'll never do it. Yeah, I remember uh, my, my buddy Rogan talking about if, like, there's 10 people on an island, and one guy's like, you can't, uh, you know, eat this food. This food's illegal. You'd be like, what? Shut up. Watch this. Yeah, or, or like, I think he used it talking about smoking weed. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, if you take that, we're going to put you in a box if uh-huh. you use that. It's like, why, why the fuck can you tell me what to do? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, exactly. just acro- across the board, really. I, I, that shouldn't be... Like, I, I think that's where I, I, I like the libertarian thing because it's about personal freedom, and I think that's what this country was built off of. Yep. You know? And that's, like, that's, those are the tenets that I, I really, you know. And little I by little, with. they chip away at it. And I don't think people really understand, like, what it means when you tell somebody they can't do something. Um, oh, this is, this is the Gerard Hates Women part of the, the, the podcast. Women in particular, when I have the conversation, they say, you shouldn't smoke, right? Let's just use that as an example. You shouldn't smoke. And they're right. You shouldn't smoke, right? But when they say smoking should be illegal, there's something that, that with most of the women I've had a conversation with, they don't take into account. Women, for whatever reason, tend to really like laws, and they really don't like lawbreakers. They, they like people to be obedient. They're very much into that do-what-you're-told stuff, right, on a societal yeah. level, okay? And... <clears throat> What you're saying when you say XYZ should be illegal, just remember this. What you're saying is that if you do this, then a person with a gun should come and threaten to kidnap you if you do that thing. Like smoking should be illegal, okay? And what if I say no? Well, then I'm going to call the cops. That's a person with a gun. And that person with a gun is going to use that gun to threaten me to stop doing what I'm doing. And if I say no to that person, I'm either going to get shot or kidnapped. That's what being arrested is. Being arrested is being kidnapped by the state. Right. So whatever law it is that you're enforcing, whatever law it is that you're getting behind, I hope you understand the consequences of what you're saying. Because if you think what happened to Eric Gardner is horrible, and you should, he's the guy that was choked out and died for selling Lucy cigarettes. Whoever said that guy selling Lucy cigarettes should be illegal co-signed on that guy losing his life. Mm. Because without that law, there is not that interaction with the police, and that man does not die. Right. So I just hope people understand that. that you, that's, think, you think that's a, like a, an inherent woman thing? <clears throat> I, I think um, I've become much more aware of that since COVID. I think I was never really, I never really thought of it that way. And I think, and it could be anecdotal, but I think since COVID, um, most of the women in my life and most of the women that I interact with and definitely the women in government have become shut up and do what you're told. Okay. Yeah. And I'd love to be proven wrong, but there's not a lot of women in the libertarian movement, that's for sure. It's actually kind of the joke. Gee, why do you hate women, though? (laughs) What is a woman, Mickey? I mean, what, what oh, is shit, it? I'm not touching that one. <laughs> we got any other questions, Ben? Anything good? Let me see. Let me see. <clears throat> All right. Um, so, Runaway Slav, back again. Um, why are people surprised that Trump... A Manhattan real estate guy turned out to be such a grimy dude. 
Yeah, that was the greatest con. That would be the fourth greatest con after college and, uh, <laughs> you know, college and uh, I don't even remember what I said the other one was. Um, yeah, but the fact that he somehow convinced West Virginia coal miners he was one of them is one of the greatest sales jobs of all time. I got I got a question here from Reckon It. He goes, so I got a question for both hey, Nikki and G. Yeah. And now they ask if we are jabbing at Brendan Schaub because he's – Thick boy comedy and all right. Well, let's let's hit this one first. Sure. Um, what? He's uh, a thick boy. Yeah, his whole thing is like thick with three eyes and two C's or whatever. Look, he he doesn't he doesn't get uh, so, so. Look, I like a monopoly on the word thick. I, yeah, yeah. I thought I was like more like a, a chick thing. Yeah. At first, you know what I mean. But uh, no, I I uh, so. I think uh, I I really like I liked the the fighter and the kid. We've I just been, haven't listened to it much. I know you. Uh, we've been accused of of trying to rip off the fighter and the kid. By if people. any fucking comedian or fighter does a podcast, we're ripping it off. I guess. I think it's just some hater shit early on. I don't know. I I didn't I didn't see too many of that, but I can totally see how they how they could say that. You know what I mean? Any yeah, uh, fucking. There's, but there's plenty of that. You know uh-huh. what I mean? Uh-huh. Um. And I guess the thick thing could seem if that's his thing, I could see how that could be a little thing. Um, I so I like I I like I, I love Callen, uh, big fan of Callen. Shab, I I I can go both ways on. Shab, I've seen I just sometimes I've seen him be a, a flip flopper on mm. things, uh, e- and it, even to me personally, like uh, I've heard him on wrote on uh, like giving me sometimes Sundays he'll give me mad love. Talk about how I'm one of the toughest guys in the UFC. Talk about how uh, like. Uh, so he was on, he was like, when I was going to fight Sage Northcutt, he was like, oh, that's a different level. Mickey's going to get his ass kicked. Like, almost like shit on my parade, like right after the CM yeah. Punk fight. And I was kind of like, all right, fuck this dude, whatever. And he's talking all shit. Mickey's going to lose to Sage. Then he's on Rogan, and Rogan's like, I think Mickey's going to beat Sage. And he's like, yeah, he'll probably beat him. Yeah. Well, that's, that's. Like, be a, let's be a little thorough in our fucking opinions. Nah, I don't, I, see, that's the thing. I'll sit, I'll sit the fence before I, I go talking out both sides of my mouth. And that's that's one of the only things, and it, sometimes it seems like a little like a like a L.A. dick rider. He's very L.A. He's you know very, what I mean? He's very that's much just like kind of like that's that's not thorough to me. Like so I, I I want you know I like people who are who are thorough, and I I don't like know him. You know what I mean? So I bet I bet if I did, we'd be fucking friends. But uh, I don't know. Yeah. I I just I wouldn't you know speak out of both sides of my mouth about someone. Hey, look, man. Uh, I was a fan of his. You know, I, I was I was the guy that, that, that said, hey, we should get this dude on uh, PVD Pod. You know, one of the dudes that pitched him. Actually, it wasn't me. Nancy pitched him a whole bunch. And I was like, yeah, absolutely. Um, but he's definitely clout-oriented. He wasn't really cool. Which I get. That's kind of a currency. Some people fall into that nowadays. Yeah. He, he showed up with a... Seems to be doing well for himself, too. He showed up rolling deep. Uh, you know, wasn't really like interested in having a conversation or doing a pre-production type stuff while we were waiting on the, uh, on the studio. Then, um, uh, Nancy's like, well, Hey, we saw you were with jelly roll. This, you know, Gerard's uh, friends with jelly roll. And then all of a sudden he wanted to, you know, he texts jelly jelly's like, Oh, Gerard's a cool dude. All of a sudden now I'm cool. Now you're cool. And then he was mad cool to me, man. And then after that, he was real cool. We, we talked on the pod and he's like, want to come on my show. And it was dope. I did two shows with him over new year's. It was really cool, man. I had nothing but good things to say about him. And then uh, goes on Rogan talking shit. 
They're shitting on your baseball. Yeah, which is your athleticism. Fine, but at least say my name. Like, I'm going to go on the biggest podcast in the world. Yeah, absolutely. Because uh, you wanted some of that clout. So you're falling into the clout game, yeah, too. Yeah, but if you're going to shit on me for no reason. Like, like it was right, like, right. he shit on, like, he just brought it up for no reason. And it was like, bro, I thought we were cool. Like, what's going on? Yeah, so you were just hanging out, had a good time, and then he goes on. Yeah, it's... Goes yeah, on the biggest yeah, podcast like talking, in the world. Like talk, yeah, talk, like, I don't like, like... Like I don't like talk about like people like behind their backs like that. Like if if I have that opinion, like I, I'd yeah. share it with them. If I was like, "Hey, bro, you kind of, bro, you're being a little bit of a clown." Like, yeah. Gee, you obviously hate women. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I, but so, I, won't, I won't go tell yeah. some other person, especially we'll go talk about it on a podcast. Man, it, it was you know just I mean? it, it was just some to me. It's just some weird shit. It's like Saturday, I get a text like, "Yo, you want to come out on a boat?" And then Tuesday, it's like, "Oh, yo, I had to put these guys in the place, Papa." It's like you had yeah. to do what now? You had to do what? So yeah, but no, uh, I I don't. We're not jabbing at anyone. I mean, it no. might seem like uh, we are, you know, not talking so nice now. But uh, no, nah, I'm not trying trying to be anyone but my fucking self. No, I li- I'm a big, big, big fan of Brian Callen's comedy. I think Callen is is an underrated, brilliant te- funny technician. Like he's a, like if you want to learn how to do comedy, watch Brian Callen's set. Like he's a brilliant comedian. Uh, and, and Brendan's an accomplished guy. He's an interesting guy. I think he's a good podcaster and fucking, you know, more power to him. I got no, I, I, I got no time. There's so much shit going on in this he world. He almost won the ultimate fighter, bro. Yeah. He's good. Won some good fights. Beat some tough, uh, ex-NFL players. Yeah. He got, uh, well, he also, he's, he's got, and he was, uh, he, he did was he beat Nogueira? Who did he beat? He beat somebody. No, uh, was it Crow Cop? Yeah. Crow Cop. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, dude. Look, yeah, it's a nice, it's bro, a nice you fight in the fucking UFC. I don't care if it's for one minute or, if, like, you are a bad motherfucker, dude. Like, shit. I get, it's amazing to me when people are, 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 you know, well, you know, now hanging out with you as much as I have. Like, people are like, hey, you know, blah, blah, blah. I could do this. I can do that. Do it. Do it. <laughs> like, bro, do it. It's not, it's, and everybody, I, I say it all the time, everybody's game for one night. Everybody can have that one scrap and be like, I'm game in the moment. I'm a tough guy. Do it twice a day, every day for six months, and then have to do it for real in front of everybody. Yeah. That's, right. that's craziness. Got so. some, Ben? Yeah, Mickey, do you think you could, uh, you could take him? Take Schaub? Yeah. He's or would it take both of them? for a little bit. Huh? He's been out of the game for a little bit. Um, so, I, I always say, I, I wish there was a, like I, I got to start this league one day, no fucking time limit. No time limit. Open weight. Um, would you, would weight you do open? open open weight open open weight? See, I'd probably have to weather a storm mm-hmm. from a uh, an open weight. Even if I was fighting you, that I could. That's an, I'm gonna probably have to stick and move for at least like thirty nine seconds. Be a good thirty nine. Thirty nine seconds. 39. I'm gonna have to be on my on my bike a little bit. Yeah, you know what I mean. Snapping jabs. Um, but yeah, I I like uh. Yeah, I, I don't know. I I, I like my odds. The yeah. first UFC I'm was open weight, wasn't it? That's what I'm. A, you know what I mean? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, it was open so, weight. Yeah. So the two the two losses I have in competition were to a, a jujitsu wa- jujitsu uh, against like thirty wins, bro. But it's fine. Whatever. White belt. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> heavy heavy on that white belt. Uh, heavy on that white and blue belt. But the um, one sixty fiver in in ultimate when I took. Uh, silver after so like for people that don't know if you win a tournament you have to come all the way back and fight a whole nether tournament against everybody who who meddled in the tournament right so mm-hmm. it was uh one of tonin's guys 
uh, climbed on my back and then outpointed me. And then this other dude who uh, from from Newark who was a one eighty fiver. So like size definitely matters, but no, it does for sure. It's not everything. That's why I, at the same time, like if I was fighting like any heavyweight, it had a if I was fighting a heavyweight in the UFC, yeah. a guy who was in the UFC, it's an, it'd be tough for me to win in a fifteen minute duration. Not a lot of heavyweights go 15 minutes, man. They they can, though. The ones who are, like, the good ones, they they can. Are you going to be able to, right, but you should be able to out-activity them for that 15 maybe, minutes. Maybe, but you they, can they speed might. speed it up. Right, maybe. I am, t- I am like, I, I can be, I will be as long as some of them. But there's yeah. also going to be bigger bigger motherfuckers. Yeah. That's going to be fucking tough. But, yeah, I think if there was a, if, if I got, like, an, a fucking, you know, 25-minute, one round, for, or even a 15-minute straight round, yeah, yeah that'd be that maybe fit my favorite. How much different would the jiu-jitsu If I was fighting be, a heavyweight. How much different would the jiu-jitsu well, be? I, my jiu-jitsu, like I, can, I, I'll, I know how to break posture, use leverage, and mm-hmm. I, I'll stay safe and not get fucked up on it. So, guy. like a steep Ambiochis who's like 225, not crazy heavyweight. He's bigger than that, but... Is he? He's what, a he, he fought, he's, a, he's a bad motherfucker. I, I feel like he's so disrespected in this whole thing, but... I should just worry about beating up guys in my own weight class. <laughs> I wonder. I wonder how. I wonder anyway. in an open weight class. You think probably the two. I think the heavy. I think that's why I think the heavyweight champion of the UFC is the baddest motherfucker on the planet. So is Francis Ngannou the baddest motherfucker on the planet right now? Yeah. Okay. So yeah. John, and then and if John Jones beats Cyril Gaon, then John Jones. Interesting. It, you know. Yeah. If Cyril Gaon beats John Jones, then it's like it's tough. We, we'd I'd like to see Cyril Gaon and and uh, uh, again. Interesting. But you know. And we were watching. We were watching uh, yesterday, leading up to the Super Bowl, Mickey Ward or Toro Gotti. Ooh! Now, why do you why do you think those love type of both those guys? Shout out Mickey Rourke. Or, uh, <laughs> shout out, to shout him out too. Mickey Rourke too. Yeah. Shout out Mickey Ward and shout out uh, my Mickey namesakes and uh, shout out Arturo Gotti. Rest in peace. Now, those are two guys that are known more for their their battles than their careers. Like like it's almost like you know we talk about well that's. Movies yes, of villains makes did a something hero. so special. Do you think that those fights, because of the way stoppages work in the UFC, those type of fights can't happen? Because uh, Arturo Gotti goes down with that liver shot, he gets he gets climbed one, two, on, three, and it's over, and, and it's it, over. Yeah. There's no comeback. Well, it's a little. Uh, that's why MMA is a little safer because you get rocked, you get bing bing over. You know what I mean? And it's like fuck. Like it sucks for like the fighter in you. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it, you feel like you're getting robbed. Sure. You know. But for a story, but, it's, but it's for storytelling, you can't come back. There's no comebacks. Yeah. It's very I mean, few comebacks. So that's why I like the refs who let let it go. You know what I mean? I think let them really slump. Uh, you know what I mean? That, mm-hmm. Yeah. That's what I think. So so the is there never really going to be that type of fight in nah. the UFC there, because there, the, there can be, but it's it, it is different. Yeah, you know what I mean. It's it's more dynamic. Um, that ten count gives people a chance to come back. Then that's 100%. drama. There's there's real there's no look drama. At, yeah, Fury Wilder. Yeah, look at Fury. Unbelievable. Uh, yeah, unbelievable. And it, that's that is something that you know is is great about boxing. It's also dangerous for the participants, for the combatants. People, they're you know because laying they're, there because they're out on they're out on Sleep Street. And well, it's a fucking yeah. You're getting. And then you're, you you watch that you're Arturo Gotti Mickey Ward thing, yeah. And then you're, you're getting back on your, your feet. Your body shut off. You get hit in the liver, and you got to protect your liver. And ding, 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 ding. Getting punched in the fucking head, 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 yeah. head. You know what I mean? Like yep. it's it's uh. It's exciting to watch, though, boy. Yeah, bro. That's that's man shit. Yeah, that's just dope. And then there was all a, all respect to them. Who were those two Spanish fighters that did it a couple years after uh, Gotti and uh, 
and uh, Ward. And one guy was knocked down. His corner was about Castillo, to throw. Castillo, Trinidad, Marquez. I don't know. One of the, <sighs> probably was some, one of those. His corner guys. was about to throw in the towel, and he, he knocked the dude out. And oh, another just another one. It did, but again, in MMA, that doesn't happen. That's a stoppage. Those comebacks don't happen in MMA. Not always, bro. Fucking look at uh, Czech Congo Pat Barry. Yep. Lit- and Lit- I can't remember who the ref Lit- is. Vassell. Might have been Her- Herb Dean. Yeah, Lynn Vassell. His his the last swarm. Fight, the fucking big swarm. That was unbelievable. Yeah, yeah. That's 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 dope. That's what makes it epic. So, I get that uh, it's their job to protect fighters from themselves, mm. but uh, so it's it's uh, that's why it's a mixed bag. Would the man. sport be more interesting if instead of ground and pound there was a, a standing ten? No. Because it take away such a dynamic aspect. That's real. That's a real shit. In a r- real fight, in our ancestors that kept our bloodline alive, if you got knocked down, you know, you're hitting them with your hand, if not a fucking rock or some shit. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That's how we probably had to stay alive. That's probably what one of our ancestors did. At yours, mine, everyone listen to this. Yeah. At some point. Somebody, yeah, somebody was on top of you. You had to defend yourself from that prone position. Yeah, well, I mean, odds are we were the one on top doing the fucking rock bashing. You know, so, some way, some somehow or another, the genetics got here. You didn't just hang out and get by. Yeah, you know, I mean, it was a it was a, a rougher world. You contributed, and I think, yeah, I think that, uh, you know, that's why I think also, like, especially like our our military and shit, and even our like our like fighters and even our fucking like football players, athletes, like they're the reason why they're getting paid. Mm-hmm. They're doing a fucking gladiatorial type thing, you know, yeah. and it's it's it. It's a sim. It's a type of combat, you know. Yeah, simulated combat. I mean, that's the idea behind the Olympics. That's kind of how it all started. You know, hey, let's stop killing each other. Let's just go. Uh, let's just go compete. See who's the best. Yeah. Give each other some rewards. Yeah, it's competition. It's in. It's in us. Mm-hmm. It's in us. Yeah. You know, I mean, I I love competition. Yeah, I, how about fucking uh, Gotti Ward, bro? Check out those <laughs> fights. If you guys haven't seen those, do yourself a favor. Can you imagine, You'll become a fan of both of those. Can you imagine not guys. knowing Gotti Ward round nine. I've, yeah, I've watched those many times. And that's that's even like uh, I think the first round of the Chandler Poirier fight oh, seemed sick. like a fifteen minute fight. Yeah, even though it was just a five minute round, it seemed like a fifteen minute round. Hagler like, Hearns, it's Hagler Hearns. That that's a three round fight. It seems like fucking hour. Like still talking that's about be- it. It's that's just beautiful, bro. Like I I, I love that shit. That's Obviously, I'm a fuck. That you know, I do what I do. But yeah, I think that's I think that's a beautiful thing. So and. But I got so the because it's, it, it's an expression of what's inside of us, you know what I mean? Like when we're talking about hearing the national anthem and thinking back and taking, you know what I mean? Taking pride in that shit and the people who did that—that's th- us being able to express that. You're putting your balls, your heart, and your fucking body on like on the line, mm-hmm. and you know what I mean? Like like Gotti Ward, that's you, that's heart, that's yeah. heart, that's like the, what the, what humans are capable of. Like that's it's such a that's that's my type of art yeah. there. That's a that's a beautiful expression. Yeah, and th- that's a, a situation of, of guys literally laying it all out on the line. Mm-hmm. Literally. Yeah, a lot of I hear a lot of fighters talking about like, yeah, like w- w- uh, with my shield or on it, and I see them not live up to that shit. I see them fucking like quit, and it because it's easy to, you you can't, but like that's something I, I'm proud of. Like I'll, I'll not not me, you know Is what I mean? If I if I bust busted my hand, I'm not like, and you see a lot of guys. Most guys don't fucking like quit. You know what I mean? I'm gonna keep throwing that motherfucker. I'm gonna break it off on so- on someone's head. I'm gonna break it worse. You know? Is that will something that you can train, or is that will inside you? Is that probably both? Yeah, probably both. But it's uh, it's it's mental toughness. It's uh that it's so it's always something that can be 
brought up. It's just like about like there's something about really digging deep. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And even when it's like it's uncomfortable, just like there's plenty of things. Anybody's doing a, if you're doing a job sitting at a computer, it's gonna get uncomfortable at times. There has but you to gotta be. keep you could easily just go and start solitary or you could fucking like you know, press Chess. on. Press on. There has to be a certain level of self reliance in there too and belief. But it's like if you really thought you were gonna die it would be almost impossible for you to turn off that self-preservation gene. There has to be something inside of you that says, I can still win this. I can still do this. There has to be this idea that even though the odds may be against you, you know, you know Arturo Gatti thought he was going to still win that fight. He didn't think he was going to die. Mm-hmm. You know, like in, you know, that, that's, that type of self, that type of, of self-reliance, that type of self-belief. Hey, he wouldn't let himself die. Yeah. You know? Well, it could be often... Misconstrued as cockiness someone, or arrogance. Someone bashed him with a, with a, uh, with a blunt object in Brazil. Uh, I know, and it got marked as suicide. Suicide. Such a terrible way for such a great man to go out. You know, and he was he was hit with a hammer. So the idea, something so the, like so that. The, the the official story is he suicided himself with a hammer. I don't know what they said he suicided himself with. I think they there might have been like I, I don't know, but yeah, there was like like there was like blunt force. Ooh. And somehow it got marked as a suicide. I think uh, it was a, some corruption. That's terrible. Yeah, real sad. Sad ending. But in his honor, check out that fucking... Check that, out that whole trilogy. Fights, man. Any of that, you, you won't regret it. And then we got a couple big ones coming up. Talk about Chandler. I think Chandler McGregor is going to be great. Yeah, it's going to be Chandler McGregor is going to be great. You got Jones and, uh, and uh, Gone going to be great. I mean, the UFC... Fi- I think... Look, fighters, they used to say styles make fights. I think fighters make fights, man. You know, you everybody needs that opponent. Every hero needs that villain. Yeah. Everybody needs that, like, that two, three fight trilogy. Like, you know, yeah. Holyfield needed a Tyson and a bow. And, like, th- th- there's a story there. Yeah. You know, there's a story there. And, and I, I don't know... Uh, Again, like the comebacks and stuff. You were asking me about that too, about like uh, why aren't there as many like trilogies and stuff yeah. in MMA? And there's some, like mostly like at like the top in the title area. Like we'll probably see a Volk, uh, Makachev too. Okay. But like, man, I'll tell you, anytime I lost a fight, I, w- I wanted to do a rematch that later that day. I would be asking the promoter, like, can we, can we run it back? Let's and run it they back. They kind of had to tell me, they were like, yeah, it doesn't really like, they k- doesn't really work like that. Like it's got, you know what I mean? Especially yeah. when you're come on the come up, still, it's like. One guy goes up the ladder, one guy goes down the ladder, and then you fight your way back up. So then, it, I mean? so then the guy so that maybe's back at the top. So then you become the biggest fan of the guy that beats you. Like, go, 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 go. Get, mm-hmm. get up. A little bit. A little bit. <laughs> get up there, bro. A little bit. Yeah. I, 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 I love this sport, but there, it is harder to, to, like, create that story and that narrative in, in MMA, I feel like. It's harder to, like, they're the comeback and, you know, that will. And, you know, as great as Joe Rogan is, I mean, listening to Jim Lampley talk about that stuff was like, oh, man, this is epic. This is epic, you know? Yeah. Um, I got a question from uh, Ricky Ricardo. Um, he he's, he says he's got a torn rotator cuff. Um, do I know any exercises you could do to help this? Or am I just fucked until I get surgery? Yeah, I know some exercises, but... I don't know your particular condition, how torn that shit is. I would try and do as much as you can to avoid surgery. Shoulder surgery is tough. Um, but, there, yeah, there's a lot of stuff. You got to get with, like, a PT or a good doc or, you know, find someone at a gym who's knowledgeable. And there's stuff you can do, but, you know, 
like little band stuff to maybe strengthen around the area. But uh, I don't know what you do. Um, but yeah, I would try and avoid surgery as if if you can. But there's is a certain point, like even like myself, I I've avoided surgery for my whole career. I got my first surgery seven weeks ago uh, because it was there. I knew there was no. It was past a certain point, you know. But uh, for the most part, rule of thumb, try and avoid surgery. Doctors will, will always quickly tell you to get surgery because that's how they get paid. Um, but, yeah, there's, like, you know, other ways you could fix shit. Sure. It depends on what you do for a living and pay, stuff like that. How to pay that one forward before yeah. we get out of here. If you've uh, if you've got insurance and workers' comp, maybe, maybe get cut. <laughs> you know, like, maybe. yeah, but. Yeah, but still, I'm saying even if that's the case, you still might come back worse. Always get multiple opinions. Yeah, always multiple, opinions, multiple opinions. Great. Always. That's a, that's a great opinion. We got it. We got any others before we get out of here? Ben, anything else, bro? I am popping hard at this mic. I know. Um. <clears throat> this is a this is a pretty big question. So I don't know. I know we got someone coming in, but I got a question for you. What's the biggest lie of World War II history? Boom. Biggest lie of World War II history. Yep, probably happened after World War II when uh, McCarthy claimed that there were communists in uh, Roosevelt's cabinet, and there actually were. But McCarthy went so crazy that nobody wanted to listen to him, and you know the McCarthyism became this this witch hunt. But he was he was right in the beginning. Uh, you know, Stalin sympathetic communists had infiltrated the the cabinet of the presidency. Um, yeah, that that's that's probably what I would consider the biggest lie. That's insane. I had no idea. I didn't know that. Hey, good and Ben. Um, since you're our producer down here, uh, by the way, do you like your nickname, Good and Ben? I actually love <laughs> it. Guy, guy's got great energy. Good and Ben. I love his fucking energy. <laughs> but uh, do you have a compliment for me? A compliment for you? Yeah. Um. <laughs> uh, Omri had one. Bad Gerard, 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 you can go. You can go, you can go first. I, I just figure with all that good energy, you know what I mean? My I compliment to you are. Dude, I'm so happy that you're up on your feet walking, man. Fuck yeah, you I've been know. up on my feet since I walked out of the know, hospital, baby. I know, you, I, but I'm just like so good to have you in the studio. You came in here, and your just energy was there. It matched mine. I love that. So Hell yeah. 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 We'll recognize real, dog. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And G, finish this off on a nice compliment for me, please. I will tell you, Mickey, uh, the strength it takes for you to wear an Amari Stottlemyre jersey after he got uh, arrested Number for one, baby. his daughter is... For uh, what? Oh yeah, he beat his daughter, got arrested for it. But the strength for it ruining takes. My fucking shirt. But the strength it takes now. <laughs> Mickey G, I tell you what, man, um, it's good to see. Not only that, but you look. I told you in the uh, elevator since you got your surgery, you look taller, bro. You might. You maybe you believe it. Maybe you get. Maybe you got a little second puberty going on here. You think so? My grandma says, I'm, uh, says I look bigger every time she sees me. So you, you gonna be? You gonna be shrinking a little? Six, too. six, seven, two twenty-five. Yeah, well, one of these days, bro. I'll yeah. be bumping up to middleweight one of these days. What I want to know is is what's next for the Mick. Are you feel Are you feeling like you got? Well, I gotta. I still. I gotta take it inter- incrementally. I like chomping at the bit up in the Kill Cliff room, watching everyone train. It's it, first day it was great seeing everybody back watching sparring. It's getting a little painful watching everyone having to like. Sure. I'm watching all my friends playing, having fun, getting, <sighs> getting, getting it on. I I don't get to so. Well, you um, said, uh, but I'll be, I'll be back in probably like a, a month full on. Like now, I started PT today. You know what I mean? I started sure. incrementally increasing, increasing, doing you know weights and shit like that, and then I'll be, get back mixing it up. I bet I'm fighting this summer. So, this isn't a compliment. This is just an observation. But you know, in that room full of killers, man, on the, so many guys that are UFC legends. If you uh, walk in there, 
you are um, everybody got off the mat to come see you. And then when we did the the uh, when we did the uh, appearance with Dada Five Thousand, he was excited to see you. You know, it's a real recognized, real type of situation. You walked in, man, and it was like you know Elvis was in the building. So. Uh, you know, I think everybody is really excited that you're back, and I think everybody's really excited to see what's next for you, man. Fucking okay, a. And with Amen, that, brother, ladies and gentlemen, this. Thanks, guys. Thanks for hitting. I needed a, you know. No, that, and that's and that's that's not service. That's for real. I saw that, and I was like, wow, everybody's coming off the mat to see this guy. That's legit. All right, everybody. This has been slick and thick. This is Gerard Michaels with the man himself, Mickey Gall, to my left. Appreciate y'all. This Check has us been out. the thick and thick podcast. I got my <laughs> little slickness in at the end, though. Check us out on Gas Digital <laughs> Network every Monday and Friday, one to five, one to three. We'll check you out next time. Take care. Peace, Bye. y'all.